If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. An Erio's original. The worst old person trait is being mad that times change. Right. Because I think with music, it's so hard to separate that nostalgia of mm-hmm. how you felt when you were 15. Yes. Or 13, as I said. There's certain people that kind of seem to come up a lot, like yeah. the Golden Girls. Yes, the Golden Girls. It's fun to put them in different scenarios, yeah? Yes. It's a great thing. I'm really happy doing it. It makes me laugh all the time. I really laugh, too. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, welcome to The Margaret Cho. I'm Margaret Cho. This is the podcast where we talk to people you know and people you should know. And now we talk to Lindsay Parker, who is an incredible rock journalist and just um, amazing. So now you're like kind of like coming at music from so many different angles, working on books, you're working on the radio, you're working on like just in TV, in like every different aspect. What's your favorite way to like sort of talk about music? Well, it's interesting because it used to really bug me, but now I see it as kind of a strength. So for those who don't know, I work at Yahoo, Mm -hmm. and this is in no way diss to Yahoo. I'm not dissing my employer, but you know, it's not a music site. Mm -hmm. I don't work for Pitchfork. I don't Mm -hmm. work for Mojo or Stereo Gum or Vibe or whatever. I don't work for a specialty site. I can't necessarily assume that people who come to Yahoo are music experts Mm -hmm. or even fans. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also can't, you know, assume they have like very deep musical knowledge like you or I do. And I can't even assume they came to anything I wrote or anything I I do like from the front door of Yahoo Entertainment or Yahoo Music. A lot of them come in through Mm Yahoo.com. And so my point is I have to figure out ways to make something that they don't necessarily like or know about be interesting because they're not like established fans of this artist. They didn't come because, oh, I really like, you know, let's say I'm writing about the drums. I love the drums, so I want to read an interview with the lead singer of the drums. Like, okay, so I have to think like, okay, what makes... In a non-clickbaity way, Mm because you can go clickbaity with it, but what makes this person or this subject interesting that someone who doesn't give a shit about this artist or has never heard of them or doesn't even like this genre of music would want to read this Mm -hmm. because everyone has a good story it's about storytelling so and maybe along the way if they read the article they'll they'll check out the music and Mm -hmm. maybe they'll be turned on maybe they won't but hopefully there'll be a few they'll be like oh i've never heard of this artist or i never liked this artist but now i'm into it i used to be like ah you know i really wish i was writing for more music of a more of a music geek audience oh my Uh dream would be to be the editor of mojo whatever but now i'm kind of like it's kind of fun to figure out what makes an artist interesting to everyone yeah yeah i love that and then it's also you're giving people an opportunity to like clue in on something Mm -hmm. that they may not really like pick up Music is a hard one because it's like... Very hard. People are so set in their ways in terms of music. You don't really like... 
I never trust like sort of like <laughs> any kind of source other than my own ears and my taste <laughs> to guide well, me to what taste. I like. Well, thank you. But it is something like, you know, you get like very set in your ways with music and then yeah. you don't want to expand beyond that. Well, in particular with an older audience, which, you know, quite and by older, I mean my age, what I mean, Gen X, basically yeah. people over 40. I read somewhere that they did a, a study of Spotify, uh, Spotify listening habits, and they said that no matter what age or demographic a person came from, the majority of music they listened to was music from when they were 13. Mm -hmm. So if you were born in 1970, that's music from 1983. If you were born in 1960, it's music from 73. Because that music is when you're young and your brain is open and, mm -hmm. and you're so hungry for music and music yeah. rules your world. And... People And then I read another study that similarly said that most people, at the average age at which they stop actively seeking out, listening to new music, mm. is 32, which seems mm. like so friggin' young. That's so young, yeah. Super young and depressing. So, you know, Yahoo's audience is, a, is an older audience, I would say an over 35 audience for the most part. I would say that is probably true to some degree for SiriusXM too, because it's people, you know, in cars a lot, mm -hmm. listening to people who have nice cars that came with Sirius or whatever. Yeah. So like... That's a challenge as well, because I, I see it a lot in comments, like just people are like, oh, remember how great music was in 1975? <laughs> now it all sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, your parents probably were saying to you, remember how music was so good in 55? Mm -hmm. Elvis, that was real music. This Led Zeppelin listen to is just a bunch of shouting. <laughs> this punk stuff is, this rap isn't, it's just noise. Yeah. So as I age... The worst old person trait is being mad that times change. Right. And being and thinking everything from your generation was better right. or best. Mm -hmm. Because I think with music, it's so hard to separate that nostalgia of how mm -hmm. you felt when you were 15. Yes. Or 13, as I said, with the music itself. Mm -hmm. So like, you're always going to have, and nostalgia is great. Music brings up memories and we all have songs that remind us of like relationships or vacations mm -hmm. or things. But at the same time, it's like you have to stay open-minded. It's the yeah. fastest thing that'll age you yeah. is to think that all music got bad you know, in no. 1980, whatever, yeah. or 1990, whatever. It's always this thing of like, how do you go and find it? And and it's how do you go and you get it? And I think it's like, where do you find new music? Where do you where do you look for it? I mean, it comes to you and then people are like, look at these bands, like come to see our shows. What do you do? Well, it's interesting as a journalist to answer that question, because I do think that people look to music journalists a lot differently than they did when we were growing up or mm -hmm. how when people in the 60s, 70s were growing up. In the golden age of music journalism, like Rolling Stone and Cream, yeah. people look to the writers to be like, this is cool. Yeah. You should listen to this. Lester Bang said this, mm -hmm. whatever. And that David Frick said this. And then even like growing up with MTV, you look to MTV mm -hmm. and radio stations actually to be like, it was curation. It yeah. was like, we're the experts. We're going to tell you what's cool. Mm -hmm. And that sort of exists, I guess, on streaming ser services like, you know, Apple or Spotify will say like, mm -hmm. here's what to do. But like... All the music is there, so why should you listen to me say this is what you should listen to? Mm -hmm. And also, like, music journalism is mostly online now. So, like, when you used to read, I used to read magazines. Like, I would get like the NME or whatever, mm -hmm. and then I would like read and write down lists. Like, oh, this magazine is describing this music in a way that sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah. And then if I saw that record on import or whatever, I'd I'd buy it. Yeah. Sometimes without being able to hear it first, I sound so old right now. But you know, well, maybe I'd get to hear it on a listening station. But you know, mm -hmm. I'd go to a record store. And I buy it based solely on what a music journalist had written about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I was steered wrong. I used to get sometimes emails like that saying, like, you described this record as being really good, so I bought it. It sucked. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry. Mm -hmm. Tried my best. But thanks for giving it. Thanks for at least respecting yeah, my opinion. Yeah, you try Yeah. So I don't really do as much review stuff, you know, because of that. Because mm -hmm. I just feel like that's become less of a thing where people go like, oh, Pitchfork or Mojo or Rolling Stone said this was good. So yeah, I'm going to buy it. How do I personally, I mean, it's a weird question to ask me how I seek out my music because mm -hmm. I obviously am in the business. So I get sent a lot of stuff. Yes. And I have relationships with publicists who will be like, who know me well enough to be like, oh, Lindsay, you should check yeah, this out. Yeah, you love this. Yeah. This is up your alley. I do like the Spotify just as a as a civilian i guess i do like the spotify um curation list they do mm -hmm. you get like five of them and like and i i have issues with spotify in the sense that it's so great from a consumer perspective right. but for artists it really sucks and i really do so i feel almost kind of guilty saying mm -hmm. i enjoy spotify but i do 
think what they're doing is good in the fact that they'll say like based on your listening habits yeah here's some new music that mm-hmm. we think you'll like they're it's right about like 75 percent of the time yeah yeah that being said though you know that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down but they do have to get their shit together in terms of how they pay artists because yeah it's going to be an unsustainable business model and mm-hmm. if people can't make a decent living i'm not talking about being like a beyonce style rock star but a decent living a living wage mm-hmm. being a mid-level musician which was a really like actual actually doable thing at one time yeah it really was only trust fund kids are are gonna be able to do music you know it's the weirdest thing how much like it's changed like how it, how we listen to music and how it's sort of like the artists are compensated it's such a strange thing remember cmj was that like what they would put out like like a cd that had all of these different songs of the artists that you Mm -hmm. just read about which i thought was just such a great idea and it really got you involved in different sort of ideas of like okay well now i can sort of embrace this kind of style and learn about it yeah it's just interesting in the sense of who I mean, who are the kids? I sound like so old, but who are the, what are the kids when they're interested in music? Who are they turning to for recommendations? Is it the curation that comes from an algorithm? Is it, you know, social media? Is it like, I know Mm -hmm. it does help when someone who's got a really huge following, whether on social media, whether it's like Adam Lambert or BTS or Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. or Sean Mendez or whoever, like, tweets or says something like check out my friend's music or i'm this is adam lambert's very good at that he always is saying like listening to this listening to this yeah yeah and i think you know i would think that would move the needle because it's like people have this celebrity worship but also like trust what a a musician says i don't Mm -hmm. know though it's definitely moved away from a model of people thinking that DJs or music journalists or VJs or any kind of like media personality is the one that holds the holds the key. And that's good and bad. I mean, you know, I, a lot of people, I don't want to go down, like I said, one of the worst old person traits is being mad that things change. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say it's all bad. I was talking to someone who's, I guess, a millennial the other day, someone in there, like, I think he was 31. And I said, you know, I would have loved to have grown up with youtube and spotify and Mm -hmm. and the internet let's Uh face it where like if i was hearing about some band that people were saying oh it's really cool you should check out i could go online and like watch their video right then Mm -hmm. and go on a streaming service or download service and check out a couple songs right then and get you know i was so insatiably curious about artists not just their music but everything about them it's why i wanted to be a journalist that to have had that kind of information at my fingertips while it can be overwhelming god i would have fucking loved it i would have loved it yeah you know i don't it it, it can be like how do you figure you know call the bad from the good but i would have loved that sort of access it was hard Mm -hmm. to find music i mean maybe that's something that made it more exciting for us and that there was some mystique to it but it was hard to it was all word of mouth or what a record or, store employee yeah, you said. Would, yeah, you would like look at pictures and kind of like deduce, oh, I'll probably like this mm-hmm. because they look so cool. Like I totally used to do that. Yeah, if it was like the Mission UK or like mm-hmm. Susie the Banshees or, you know, whatever. Like you, you were sort of like looking at the record store. Like I remember kind of being drawn towards like those kinds of like displays. So there would be like something like, yeah, Mission UK is a very good example of like the look that Drawing you into them. a feeling. Yeah. Tower Strength was like the cashmere of goth, that song. Uh-huh. So I love epic. It. I love it. Yeah, and I love Sisters it. of Mercy too. I really love them too. I love them too. And uh, yeah, like any of that kind of like that dark wave sort of British goth stuff. And of course, everybody that sort of looked like The Cure, yeah. I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> that was a genre. You know, it's so, it's so true. I mean, it might sound shallow to say, but when I was a kid, I often would figure out that I would probably like a band because of how they looked in their photo. Yeah. And about 80% of the time, it was true. Yeah. And like if they were in a cemetery, I'm probably <laughs> going to like that record. <laughs> yes. Or if they had, you know, a lot of eyeliner on. Yeah. If it was Perfectly. a man with eyeliner too. I remember I, I actually, the first time I ever saw a picture of Robert Smith was, remember the magazine Smash Hits? Of course. Yes. I still have this pin up literally oh. pinned to my fridge at home. So because great. It was a picture of him. I'm going to say, I, I'd heard maybe some Cure music before, but didn't really know what Robert looked like. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of him with his his chin in his hands and his hair is perfectly done. His eyeliner is perfectly done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this was probably around the Love Cats era. Oh, I love so it. So like 84, mm-hmm. 83. And he was, it was just a striking picture. He looked really cute and really perfect and really exotic. And mm-hmm. I just went like, 
I want all the records by this artist so good. And then strangely, the first one I ever got was The Top, which is a really weird Cure album to start Mm -hmm. with. But I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Duran Duran were the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in the video age. So it's like the way a band looked and Mm -hmm. presented themselves with the fashion and their videos. I didn't separate the two. Yeah. Well, Duran Duran, they were just so like James Bond. Like it was so exotic (laughs) with their fedoras. And then they were sort of like in this thing of they were doing stuff in Sri Lanka Uh and it just looks so like, um, like are they like trading silks and spices? What's (laughs) happening? Like what are they selling and buying and where's this model coming from? And why is there elephants? Uh, There's so many things that like, I think I wanted to travel. Yeah, there's elephants. (laughs) Actually what's really, what's really sad or funny, however you want to see it is I went on a cruise to Antigua many, many years ago. And that was all I cared about was Mm. the fact that Duran Duran had shot um, the Rio video there. That and that Eric Clapton had a rehab center there. It was like my two reference points. That's right. But yeah, actually, do you remember the the Z channel, the cable channel? Yes, yes. That's the first time I saw a Duran Duran video. Mm Mm-hmm. It was Hungry Like the Wolf. And the Z Channel show, for those who don't know, they like, it was before HBO or whatever. It was like the first, at least in California, the first like cable channel that showed videos or mm-hmm. sorry, that showed uh, movies. But, you know, they started everything on the hour or on the half hour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not all movies are exactly a certain length. So they'd fill up the gaps in between with music videos and random like cartoons and shorts. Yeah. And I was watching the Z Channel and Hungry Like the Wolf came on and I actually thought it was a film. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, some Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. wannabe movie is starting now. Because yeah. that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And then when it ended three minutes later, I was like, ah, let's just get into that. Uh-huh. And yeah, I was hooked from that moment on. So yeah, the image was always important. Interestingly, I interviewed John Taylor recently, and he doesn't know where that fedora hat is. I'm like, oh, it no. should be in a friggin' museum I mean, is where yeah. it should be. I mean, yeah, where is it? It, it was, should be. It was Russell Mackay, the director's hat. Oh, okay. And he was in, he's in, I mean, I could do a whole podcast about him. He yeah. directed like everything good. He directed the I'm Still Standing video by Elton John. That's a great one. Which is like amazing. But anyway, he gave the hat to Simon Le Bon to wear in the video. Mm-hmm. And then John took it from Simon. He's like, nope, this is mine. Yeah. And it became such a big part of John's look. But he doesn't know where the hat is now. Yeah, that's such an iconic hat. Also with Simon's like weird like necklace. It's mm-hmm. like a charm. It's like a ship. Is It, it like looks a sh- like an acorn or something. Yeah. There's it's like some a bulbous. Sort of, so sort of like weird ship. The acorn some i don't i was like what is that thing that he's well, wearing there's a scene where he throws his head back and he's got like the tiger scratches across his neck so right. you get a good look at it yeah and isn't it funny how like just little details like that like are seared into our brains like an yeah. weird simon Le bon pendant or a hat <laughs> or a, an, a flick of eyeliner like you don't forget it yeah. 30 years later well, and I liked always that their pants, like the belt was kind of unclear. Like, is it a sash? Is it like tied on the side? Like, how are they holding their pants up? The architectural like kind of clothing that they all wore when you're sort of going from Brio to uh, Seven and the Ragged Tiger. They got that, too Mad Maxi at that time yeah, for Yeah, they me. got very I was like, like... I don't want to see them looking like action heroes. I want to see them looking like they just lie on yachts all day with... Patrick Nagel women yeah. come to life. I like that that sort of primary color kind of like Antigua, that kind of when they're on the ship. Yeah, not these earth, not this earth tone shit. The earth tone thing was like really, then it turns into this thing where it's, it is maybe Russell McKay, if it's, it's that kind of wild boys look mm-hmm. because then it starts to look like, um, I am the warrior. Yes. You know that video by Scandal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like in a mo- modern ballet. Shooting but down the bang, the, yeah. ba- the walls of heartache, bang, bang. Bang, bang. With uh, that, let's like ballet, but. There was a weird, around that time, I guess it was like the mid 80s, 84, 85. There was a whole weird, like kind of apocalyptic thing. I don't know if it was a Mad Max thing. I don't mm. know if it was because we were all afraid about the Cold War mm. and the fact that we might all soon be living in a post-apocalyptic age soon. But like. There was like stuff like the Love is a Battlefield video where like Pat Benatar's all like dressed in rags and she's some Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, uh, space hooker. But like she's, you know, like it's I don't know what era it's supposed to take place in, but there's all these like, yeah, it was sort of like this dystopian thing. It is very dystopian. And then all of the videos from the arena, uh, Seven the Ragged Tiger era, era. But you know what I do think the dystopian thing comes from is I think it's 
Vivian Westwood and Seditionaries. So it was sort of after, yes, Vivian Westwood um, with the orb. But it's after kind of like that big first sort of thing with all the buckles. And mm. then it, it's like the look of... I guess something's changed because uh, yes. this should be a video podcast because I'm literally wearing buckled <laughs> shoes buckles. and a Vivian Westwood necklace and if you see over there margaret i have my vivian westwood squiggle purse i love which i love i'm super into vivian i westwood. love her but, but i never I think it's, yeah you're right i think it's seditionaries which is sort of the collection that uh was after world's end so everything mm. was like earth tones and it looked dirty and it looked like the pirates had been in a shipwreck the pirate thing yeah it's like before before the pirate thing was a little dandier like that that um adamant look yeah it was and, very adamant and then it was kind of like yeah they've been at sea for a while and they've gone scurvy yeah, they're, they're, you know, yeah, the- they need limes really badly, <laughs> and um, it's it's very dusty. I guess I didn't like that as much because I, you know, I didn't want to see maybe my boys in Duran Duran looking like they were struggling in distress. I didn't want to see them in the desert then- with some weird, like you know, dinosaur child giving Simon Le Bon water because he's parched lying on I the know. sand. I want to see so him on a sad. yacht with a yellow drink, yeah. enjoying himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what that's what we would hope for our rock stars. But then, <laughs> but when when Simon's like strapped, kind of crucified on this windmill, oh, going on the wild boys video. Yeah, he almost drowned. He did. He's almost drowned a couple times he almost drowned in the wild boys video mm-hmm. when he yeah he was on that like wheel of fish yes uh to quote weird al wheel mm-hmm. of fish and then his head keeps going in the water it's and so the scary. piranhas are tra- yeah that's what i'm saying it was scary i didn't want this version of duran duran i liked it at the time because at the time duran duran would have done anything and i would have been fine with it they could have done like you know an evangelical gospel album i would have been like <laughs> well i guess i'm a christian now because yeah. duran duran says it's the case they were my religion yeah but yeah so he he almost drowned when his head got caught uh, like mm-hmm. the wheel they couldn't unstrap him from the wheel and the wheel yeah. stalled Stuck. and then he almost drowned um when he yachting. was in that boat race boat race yeah so see yachting actually does have a you know a, da- a dark side a dark side which and maybe that was drowned yeah but it's scary um they also did the the weird um new moon on monday video which <laughs> is kind of like what is it is it it's a little bit cold war but it's also more like i don't know is it french maybe a, like french resistance Okay, so I know a good amount about this, and if you, there's a whole like blog post of, like that breaks down this video scene by scene. Okay, I'll find it later. I, it's some very dedicated fan, but it wrote it. But this was one of the first videos they'd done in a while that Russell didn't do. Mm-hmm. He was not available or something, so they went ahead with someone else. And I know it's like the video that Duran Duran, at least from that era, have said they liked the least. Mm-hmm. It got edited a bunch of different times. I know I did not imagine that I saw different versions on MTV. I think they kept going back to it. And it used to have a really long intro. Yeah, where, like, there was like French uh, He's like watching a a, Simon Le Bon's like watching a play. Yeah. And you know, it's really pathetic slash kind of awesome is I remember wanting to know that entire I don't speak French mm-hmm. I took Spanish in high school because I grew up in um in LA so yeah. that's an actual language you might actually use yeah but anyway so I wrote it all down phonetically oh like, wow blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what it <laughs> I listened I had you know a VCR I taped the video I played it over and phonetically wrote down like it's this kind of like Marcel Mosso but yeah. like he talks so he's not yeah. mine but like some kind of like Joel Gray cabaret. It is very Joel dude. Gray, yeah. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. and I wrote it all down so I could recite it phonetically. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what it means. Yeah. That's how much of a Durani I was. It's so great. And I do, there's a couple other things about the video. Okay, a lot of it doesn't make sense. They're sort of like, it's this kind of espionage, like Russian Dr. Zhivago thing, but it's yeah. in France or Italy. It's, or it's in very, Bruges. It looks like yeah. Bruges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something. It's something And they're like riding that. around scooters and Andy Taylor's barely in it. He always mm-hmm. got the short end of the stick with Duran Duran videos, yeah. which I kind of understand, I guess, because he was, you know, sadly, you know, he was the least cute one. I'm just going to well, say he it. was the one that, you know, he, he was sort of the workhorse because yeah. he actually like played all of the guitar and was very much like he wasn't in, behind a, a synthesizer. Yeah. And I have talked to John Taylor about that when I did an interview for the 35th anniversary of Rio, where I asked him when they became heartthrobs, were they prepared for that kind of like intense Beatlemania style, Mm -hmm. boy band style attention? Mm -hmm. And he said what they weren't prepared for was jealousy within the group about like the rankings of who were... Who got the most screams? Who got the okay. most fan mail? Mm-hmm. And I imagine Andy Taylor was probably sitting around being pissed off. Bummed, I'm just yeah. He's not in the video much, and I do believe he is a workhorse in the video. I think he's yeah. like on the streets, like handing out flowers, like, join la resistance. Yes. But the part of the video that annoys me the most 
is I'm like, does John Taylor not know the words to the song? Because at the end, they're all like kind of awkwardly in a dancing. Yes. They- <laughs> they're like, revolution has happened. There's yeah. peace in France or wherever yeah. we're supposed to be. And the lyric goes, and a fire dance through the night. And when he says fire, or when the line that comes up fire, John Taylor holds up his hand, like he's like his whole hand, like he's saying the word five, like he's got five fingers up. Like, and I'm, I'm like, it's not five dance yeah, through the night. It's fire. I'm like, does John Taylor not even know the own words? Mm-hmm. This is in that blog post, so I'm not the only one who thought that. <laughs> you gotta look this up. So that was, you know, but every I think every '80s band probably has a couple like videos that, in retrospect don't hold up as well mm-hmm. and that would be Duran's but most of them actually really do I love the planet earth video mm-hmm. where they look like they're kind of like hazy fantasy like it's oh my like god don't get me started hazy <laughs> I love hazy fantasy speaking of post-apocalyptic fashion thing but mm-hmm. anyway yes planet earth yeah like there's a lot of like beads and sashes and that kind of new romantic kind of tribalism like yes. it's, it's a lot of different influences that are like pulling the costumes together and there's like a weird kind of a dancing. But yeah, I like that video. It's primitive. Did you ever see the Danny Warhol spoof that and you were the last high? They did it almost. It's oh, not spoof because spoof no. makes it seem that it's like a parody or mm-hmm. making fun. It's not. It's like, but it's exactly that. It starts off with not Courtney, but the other guy in the Danny Warhol. It's like the, the close up of like the head in the clouds, mm-hmm. the way the Roger Taylor one started. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's exactly, they really, because that album, it was Welcome to the Monkey House, had been produced by Nick Rhodes. They were oh. they were in their Duran phase. That's amazing. Unsurprisingly, that's, it's, for most people, their least favorite Dandy Warhol's record, and for me, it's like 100% <laughs> my favorite one. The best. Oh, speaking of post-apocalyptic, weird tribalism pirate videos, the, have you ever seen the Muscle Bound video by Spandau Ballet? No. Oh no. my God. I have to see it. It makes the Wild Boys or uh, Union of the Snake video look like a documentary. It's just like, so <laughs> they're all dressed like weird pirates. I love it. It's an early video. It doesn't look like it costs that much money. Mm-hmm. And it's in the desert. And it's they're all sweaty. I love it. But it's like really like a strange introduction to Spandau Ballet. And it's like the first one I ever saw. Yeah, I love Spandau Ballet too. Oh, I adore them. They're so great. I mean, all of those bands, like even like Human League, mm-hmm. they all kind of had similar hair and fashion, like Human League before the girls. Oh my God. They're eye- speaking of eyeliner. <laughs> so much eyeliner. Eyeliner goals. Yeah. I never got my eyeliner as good as those girls. Those girls are so perfect with their short hair and the eyeliner. But even like when it's just Phil before when they're kind of a prog rock band, it's really interesting that's right because they martin ware who i think broke off to do heaven 17 mm-hmm. like the being boiled song mm-hmm. by humanly yeah they started off as a really different thing and so did ultravox like but then yeah they got poppier very different and one thing that i think is interesting is the guy who direct i'm a big music video director geek mm-hmm. and steve Barron, who he directed the Human League video for Don't You Want Me Baby, Mm. which a lot of people think kind of started the British invasion of the 80s. Absolutely. And he also directed the video for Ant Music. Oh, I love that. Which, you know, I'm a huge Adam Ant fan. Mm -hmm. And then he later, I mean, this guy, I don't know why they haven't given him an MTV Video Vanguard Award because he directed, um, besides those two videos and a million other videos, he directed Billie Jean Mm, by Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. He directed... In the same year, Take On Me by AHA and Money for Nothing by... Oh, yeah. Those are very innovative, too. Street. Very different. Very innovative. But, but kind both, of using animation. animation. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed him once about the Billie Jean video. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Michael Jackson hired him was because of the Don't You Want Me video, because he liked how cinematic it looked. Yeah. And how it had, like, this kind of film noir quality. It did. And then the light-up tiles in the Billie Jean video, they were inspired by the light-up dance floor in the Am Music video. Oh, okay. I so see that. So it's all connected. I see all that connection. They're, it's amazing. The the human like thing is like I really wanted to see the movie they're making. <laughs> wait, yeah. When in in don't you want me like? Oh, you, you got know? me excited for a minute. I thought I was like, wait, there's a human league movie. Uh, no, there should be. Uh, is there going to be a human league biopic? Like, that would be who, good. Who would play you know Phil? Oh my god. Don't you want me? Seems like a movie they're making or a c- coffee commercial they're making or something. It was kind of a movie within a movie because yeah. they showed like one of the guys like in a film editing bay yeah yeah and then the, the screening room watching the dailies 
very in a very yeah. severe way like they're not enjoying the dailies but they're just watching them on their own so this is cool because i remember when mtv that we're talking about this because i remember when mtv first came out like again going back to the idea that people can be resistant to change or think that things were best in their generation mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't like mtv because they thought it was either squelching our imagination or the, the imaginations of like young people yeah because you know dude music's supposed to you're supposed to have pictures in your own head about yeah it's not supposed to tell you what the imagery should be mm-hmm. which is bullshit but also that they thought that music was becoming too image driven mm-hmm. and as a result like bands that were less fashiony or you know let's face it less attractive mm-hmm. older whatever you know plainer yeah that weren't going to get on board uh, with all the MTV stuff that they were going to fall by the wayside. There were some older bands that, you know, or or bands that were more plain looking like ZZ Top or Tom Petty that mm-hmm. completely got on board and started making awesome videos, yeah. Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But there were, you know, there were a lot of people that didn't like that era because they thought it was too image driven. Right. But I I have never had a problem with having fashion yeah. and makeup and videos and all of that jazz completely intertwined with music for me it's, it's part so of the fun it's part of the fun and yeah human league was a good one because there were so many different ways that you could look like you could um be sort of like the phil or you could be like the girls yeah. or you could be like the other guys <laughs> it's such a great, true. great culture great club look. was another one oh, yes. as well i mean the first speaking of top of the pops the first time i ever saw boy george was before mtv had the do you really want to hurt me video they were just showing like the top of the pops performance from mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and it starts up with a very close-up look on boy george's face yeah singing the sort of semi acapella intro to that song mm-hmm. and my sister and i were watching and we just our minds were blown we yeah. we didn't know if it was a man or woman at first looked like a man kind of sounded like a man but obviously makeup long hair beautiful beautiful like who is this what is happening i just was like i want to look like this person yeah and yeah. the makeup was on point for sure so beautiful and then i do like 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 later uh, iterations of culture club like even into the cold war 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 stupid <laughs> people are stupid not their best lyric there's something like that's the same set as like nikita from the elton john oh my god yes well it's interesting because you are wearing a men at work t-shirt today and i was just thinking about uh, my men at work t-shirt which i have which is it, it's a mistake mm-hmm. which was their song about the cold war mm-hmm. that was a real theme in the 80s it was like like, I actually, my friend made a playlist that was all about, like, Cold War 80s mm. panic songs. Or just, like, panic anxiety songs, like Pressure by Billy Joel. Oh, right. and it's a Mistake by uh, Men at Work and Two Tribes where Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> so and, I like, love. 99 Luftballons was also oh, about, yeah. like, nu- a lot of songs about nuclear war. Right. I guess it was on people's minds. I, I'm wondering why we're not having more. But it was fun. These songs didn't depress me. I was yeah. watching, listening to Two Tribes and enjoying that song. I wonder why I feel like we should have songs like that now. Like songs about like, uh, you know, party at ground zero. Like thing, <laughs> things are going to hell. But 1999 was a song about that. That's true. Like that was a real. And there were a lot of songs about like Russia and and, mm-hmm. and war. And the, the war song by Culture Club wasn't their greatest moment. Mm-hmm. War is stupid. People are stupid. Not the most eloquent lyric, but yeah. you know, I like that song. But it's a fun song. It's not untrue. I, I also like the the brief uh, Church of the Poison Mind doctors like <laughs> jacket. Like what is the doctors jackets? Like the white Helen Terry and Helen Boy Terry, George and yeah. the Doctor White sort of outfits. I don't remember that. Weren't they on a plane in that video? I think they had like they were taking like they had flash bulbs. Yes, and taking pictures with mm-hmm. like old flash bulbs exploding. I remember being so mad at MTV because they teased. This was clickbait before clickbait was a thing. They were like, you know how they used to have news breaks in between videos sometimes, and they were like, coming up after the break, Culture Club gets a new singer, and I was <gasps> like, no, no, what the hell? Culture <laughs> Club can't exist without Boy George. What the news story was was that they had recruited Helen terry to sing on the second album and she was a big part of that era but i was like when they came back and martha quinn or whoever it was was like culture club have recruited hair i was like f you mtv total clickbait it was total clickbait before it was the clickbait i was very upset for like five minutes do you ever go back and want like i'll go back and i'll look at like the curation of the uh 120 minutes videos Mm -hmm. like i'll like there's like a big like website that shows you all the links you can you can basically recreate 120 mm-hmm. minutes on through youtube yes i've seen that site it's so good yeah the person it's not like the person who did it just did it as a labor of love which yeah. is same as the person who wrote like a 500 
5,000 page blog with screenshots of the new mon- new moon on Monday video. Mm-hmm. The internet's great. I love the internet. I love it, but it's such a great thing because you can actually, and then you'll, it'll actually even direct you like on YouTube to the clips of like the between, you know, so the, you'll have like the live performances. Like I, I got to see one with the Afghan wigs were kind of hosting and oh, also wow. did live performances. It, it's a perfectly preserved like time capsule. The only, I loved 120 minutes. It was, you know, so important to me and, and kind of wish it was still around mm-hmm. you know if if mtv was what it used to be but the only thing i had a problem with it is when mtv started mm-hmm. and it was mostly all these like weird and, and androgynous and eyeliner wearing british bands that we've just been talking about it's like the entire channel was 120 minutes like yes. everything on it was weird mm-hmm. and a lot of it was british and a lot mm-hmm. of it was new wavy stuff and then you know as mtv changed and became bigger, but also when they started compartmentalizing for advertising reasons, their shows, and they had like Yo MTV Raps, Headbangers Ball, mm-hmm. 120 Minutes, it was like, okay, now the majority of MTV during the day is playing, you know, not that I don't like Tiffany or Debbie Gibson, but stuff like that. Yeah. And now if I want to see my weird, gothy, new wave British music, I got to stay up till midnight on yeah. a Sunday when mm-hmm. I got school tomorrow. You know, it was sort of like this marginalization of like, let's put all the weird music on at this like weird hour yeah when most people aren't awake and you know the fact that mtv even existed in its original form and that that stuff was being played during prime time yeah it was a good time to be alive it, was. it was like on the our sunday music night. was the best no, our music was the best music. <laughs> no it was like sunday night because you would watch like what is it liquid television before <gasps> yes, that so was you good would, times yeah you would see like central wilson do her sort of animation stuff mm-hmm. and then that was always very like ian flux very like early yeah. anime very strange like animation then then it would be 120 minutes well it's it's interesting because a lot of people like if you ever read the book about mtv i want my mtv that craig marks and i forget who the other person was but it's like an oral history of mtv mm-hmm. they ended it in 91 and this movie that i'm in i want my mtv a documentary that's like the origin story of mtv mm. also ends around 1990 i want my mtv the book ended in 91 for a very specific reason because that's the year that the real world started so they were using that as a marker of of mtv you know kind of going downhill and and going into reality programming Mm -hmm. and you know i'll be the first person to say i think 80s mtv was better than 90s mtv but 90s mtv i don't think that it should get the short and the stick and people say oh all all mtv sucked in the 90s it was still putting out some really good programming and music oriented programming yeah really like the the liquid television stuff Daria, yeah, yeah, who is my spirit animal? Or Beavis and Butthead, Beavis and Butthead Definitely. were amazing, and mm-hmm. they were presenting music. Uh, yeah, you for know, sure. like some the, even even if Beavis and Butthead had your video on saying that it sucked, mm-hmm. you got a record sale yeah. spike from it. Absolutely. Rob Zombie like owes his career, not his entire career, but he got such a spike. From, he's told this that like basically White Zombie had an album that had been out for about a year, mm-hmm. hadn't been selling you know selling modestly a couple of the videos got on beavis and butthead beavis and butthead were like this is cool this is the best thing ever and their sales went through the roof and they ended up having a platinum album so mtv was really still moving the needle even trl it was still like interactive Mm -hmm. it was kids saying like i really love music Mm -hmm. i'm gonna stand in Times square to like request my favorite video all uh, and of course um unplugged mm-hmm. oh yeah so unplugged important. important so important and so i mean i think yeah it definitely was still all about music then yeah which is and so it great. was still something that kids watch and i i'm sure kids i know kids still watch mtv now but they're watching it for the reality shows and, yeah. and uh, i don't i'm a huge reality tv freak so as you know so i'm not like against mm-hmm. that kind of programming but i do miss the old mtv or it goes back to what you were asking me earlier like for us that was our curation that was us saying like this is cool. The mm-hmm. VJ says it's cool. You're going to like Smell Ballet. You're going to, you know, we're going to expose you to stuff. Yeah. And I trusted MTV as a source. Well, now you are so many places. Where can people, are you on the socials? Are what, oh, what is your platforms? <laughs> what are your platforms? Well, the, where I work is I have, I'm the music editor at Yahoo. So that's yahoo.com slash music. And, you know, I have interviews and I recap all, speaking of reality TV, we mm-hmm. got, uh, American Idol coming up again next year. Voice coming up real soon. The Mass Singers coming back. Yeah, Mar- coming soon. Won't be the same without the poodle, but Aww. you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about those new costumes. The egg. Yeah, the egg looks the, really good. The tiger. <laughs> uh, the so fly, good. I believe, yeah. the butterfly. So I 
that's a part of my world because I'm not snobby. That's the thing is yeah, I, I like good. a lot of things. So that's my main job. Then I also have a radio show on Sirius XM, which you had. I was honored to have you be a co-host on the I other day. It. And that's Volume West. Volume yes. is a Sirius XM channel, Channel 106, if you have Sirius XM. It might sound like an odd concept. It's talk radio, but it's about music. Mm-hmm. But it's for music, Matt Pinfield types like ourselves yeah. who want to, it's interviews, it's talking about music, subjects of the day, there's a lot of nostalgia, we talk about new music as well. So that's on Mondays at the moment, I uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time, and it's the only volume, volume show that operates out of L.A., which is why it's called Volume West. So I try to evangelize LA a lot because uh, I'm from here I don't yeah. know if I, you knew that but I was born and raised here and I yeah. I'm very proud of LA I'm not one of the I get very almost kind of defensive when people um you know shit all over LA yeah, or say it's it. plastic or whatever so those are my jobs and then on the socials uh it's just Lindsay Parker L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y Parker on Twitter and Instagram on Facebook it's Lynn Sanity facebook.com slash linsanity and i have all i put all my stuff on my own website which is linsanity.com as well so i'm pretty easy to find yeah <laughs> i pretty much live on instagram which is a, a bad habit but you know i think maybe instagram is the new mtv that's it like is. that's it like is. how to have this stuff delivered to you then you can see it all and then yeah i do i do so much on insta mm-hmm. to me it's so fun absolutely i love it keeps me young as do you thank you so much oh, thank you thanks, i love Lindsay. talking about all this 80s stuff with you i'll it's do so it anytime good. yes thanks right. a lot thanks Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today, we talk to Ronald McDonkey, also known at Ronald McDonkey on Instagram. He's all over my Instagram, and he's amazing. Now, I met you on Instagram making amazing Photoshops. What do you call, is it Photoshop? I think it's art. It's digital art. It's yeah. it's painting in a way. It's also photography yeah. in a way. They're, they're collages. Yeah. Yeah. It's of like just twisted pop culture. People, there's certain people that kind of seem to come up a lot, like yeah. the Golden Girls. <laughs> yes, the Golden Girls. Well, Which my are, husband's in love with the Golden Girls. Well, so. they're all great. Yes. It's it's fun to put them in different scenarios. Yeah. Yes. It's a great thing. I'm really happy doing it. It makes me laugh all the time. I really laugh too. And it it's a great thing to see like the juxtaposition is what's so funny because mm-hmm. you'll take something like you know, the image of something that you know, and then it, you'll marry it with another image that is completely outside of <laughs> the realm of, like, what's happening. And it's, yeah. it really is funny. It is funny. I, I swear I'm laughing all the time. I, mm-hmm. There's so many, so many things you can do, you know? Yeah. It's endless. Yeah. There's no process to it. Like, I just do it, you know? It's mm-hmm. just, I, I don't actually think about it when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yeah. You know, there's, like, I don't know, my iPad has, like, 40,000 photos, and I just kind mm-hmm. of... Just I'm cleaning up things and looking at things and it's just something comes to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, though. But yeah, it's just like you said, it's just a weird juxtaposition that actually sometimes really works. Works so well. Yeah, sometimes not so well, but still it makes you think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It always is really entertaining. And it's kind of like you think about like the different ways for somebody to take a photograph. And like, actually, it's limited. Yeah. If you think about there's only really a few different postures that people really take pictures <laughs> yeah. in. Yes. And then, so if you maybe cross-reference those with all of the images that are out there yeah, in the yeah. world, yeah. you can really like, actually, it's it's really funny. Yeah, it is funny. And like the Golden Girls, you'll never see them another way except for, you right. know. It's, yeah, I, I just love the idea of seeing something totally different, you mm-hmm. know, like like Marilyn Monroe said, you know, mm-hmm. you'll never see another live photo of her, you right, know. Right, right. Um, or a new photo shoot or whatever, mm-hmm. unless they, you know. 
but it's cool to put her in a, you know, not necessarily her, but something like that into a strange scenario, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, the images, especially, yeah, of those certain people are finite. Like, what, whether it's the Golden Girls or Marilyn Monroe or, yeah. or, you know, somebody who's dead. Yes. Then it's like, finite. Or, or capturing a certain age of somebody like Honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> something like June. that. Yeah, or Mama June. Yeah. And then putting them into a context that is like, totally out of the realm of possibility yeah but it could happen yeah it could happen it could happen in another dimension mm-hmm. another reality you know mm-hmm. i constantly find myself thinking about you know silly things like that yeah it never really you know if i do think about what i want to do it never turns out the way i want it to you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's interesting it's almost like it's like intuitively like you get you just sort of feel it and like you just start making it and then it happens yeah what was the first one that you ever did I, I think it was Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. okay. I put him in like a jockstrap. Oh, cute. <laughs> it was cute. It actually was really cute. I don't know. I don't... I think I think it was Madonna, actually, the first one that actually reposted my art. Mm-hmm. But she didn't, you know, it was it was a strange situation because it, I think it... What is it? Viral? Yeah. It mm-hmm. went viral and it even made the news, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like Madonna post a flashback selfie of herself laying in a bathtub full of donuts. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, uh-huh. and, but it's interesting that it, you know, that people actually thought that it might be real. Right. You know? Right. It, that's sort of like the danger of deep fakes that yeah. people are yeah, yeah. upset about. Like, oh, th- what could happen? Yes. You know, but it's like, well, you know, we've had it with, with stuff like this, with like Photoshop. You could be able to sort of like to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I, I really would have a hard time thinking that Madonna would ever lay in a bed of donuts or a, a bathtub full of donuts. I re-looked at, I re-looked at that recently mm-hmm. and it does kind of look real. Like it looks real. Yeah. Like she might, she might do that. Yeah. Just, you know, for an <laughs> ironic purpose or whatever. Like yeah. I don't even think Madonna's ever eaten a donut. <laughs> Probably not. I have a really hard time thinking that. Although during the truth or dare period. She did eat an awful lot of uh, Mike and Ike's and hot tamales. How do you know that? Well, if you're watching the movie, <laughs> you see the packages, and also she's picking it out of her teeth a lot. Really? It seems huh. to be that she, I do remember that she was eating a lot, maybe lemon heads. You know, those. there's yeah, a certain I kind do. of like... What, they're airheads or something Or like airheads yeah. or some kind. Of, I don't know if it was like a sour candy, but I do think that she does like a hot tamale. Did you rewatch that movie or something? I have, I've watched it a number of times. Yeah, I do like a... I like that movie because she's so... Vulgar. It's, it's vulgar, but it's also so constructed. Like... Yeah. You know, I don't think she's friends with those dancers. No. But that that she's like making them be in bed with her and yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. playing all these like games with the avian bottle. Yeah. And stuff is so forced. Like somebody is like, putting a gun to your head and making you be friends with Madonna. Huh. That's what it seems yeah. like to me. When I was a little, you know, whatever, when that 15, 16 when that came out and the idea of Madonna was so different from what I think about her now. Yeah. You know, that like slutty Marilyn Monroe thing was yeah. so awesome for you know yeah. for me powerful yeah yeah it was it's not but she has nothing like that you know right but it was just like a, what a character i guess yeah but i was also very impressed by what she was able to accomplish historically like if you yeah. think about what she was able to do for gay men yes. and aids yeah. and to think about the acceptance that we collectively as a society had around gayness because of her. Oh, yeah. You know, is really, truly a remarkable achievement. And I I do notice a sense of how homophobia was before Madonna Uh as opposed to after. Yeah. You know, she did usher in an era of, you know, a real sense of gay pride Mm -hmm. that came from within that was very authentic Mm -hmm. and really um, purposeful. Rebellious. Rebellious. It was awesome. And growing up, being queer and seeing her was incredibly pow- empowering, yeah. you know? So I think that, and I don't think that she's been given due for that. Like she hasn't had had that sort of acclaim that she should have for doing all she did. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. You yeah. know, I think that she opened the doors for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of these newer artists and- So much. Yeah. But it is not appreciated for it. And now there's a kind of, I mean, I have a, a, a few different views about her. I think like, She's unwilling to let go of uh, whatever was her youthful, like, expression of fame. Mm. And so she sort of wants to be in the same category, you know, that there's a, there's issues with, like, letting go of that sexuality or letting go of that dynamism. Yeah. I We went and saw that concert, like I said earlier, and mm-hmm. 
I love Madonna. Mm -hmm. She holds a very special spot in my heart. Yes. But there was, you know, there was still some of that stuff, like you say, mm -hmm. it's, she was holding on to. Yeah. And some of it's organic and natural, yeah. but there's some of it that's kind of forced and it's, yeah. it's kind of, you know. Uh, well, uh, it's it's got to be hard. And yeah. I think that, that um, you know, she's worth so much more yeah. than what um, even she herself considers. Yeah. You know, that that she can move into the space of like timelessness and and be, you know... She's Madonna. She's Madonna. Yeah, she could you do, know? you know, that's weird that she's continuing to hold on to that. Yeah. It's, it's okay, though. I mean, but she it, can do what she wants. She can do what she wants. And there's also, it's like when I think of her, there's no competition. When people say, oh, it's like Lady Gaga's coming for her or like Beyonce's coming for her. Well, <laughs> yeah. well not really, because no. it's like they're like her children. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost as if, you know, their presence is phenomenal because of what she was able to do mm -hmm. but uh it's, it's an interesting thing to think about gayness especially about madonna and gayness i think she contributed a lot more than people realize yeah yeah i went to go see the blonde emission tour i you was did? yeah uh -huh. i was in uh oakland at the oakland coliseum uh, when she came beastie and boys open who opened who? beastie boys beastie boys no 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 you know who it was oh wait it's it technotronic was, it was technotronic yes pump yeah. up the jam pump yeah. it up <laughs> It wow. was so exciting. That was so cool, right? It was so cool. Huh. And um, so that period of time, and I was um, with my friend who's just had come out as a lesbian. And so she was like very fresh baby dyke. And like we were all like <laughs> so excited to be in the presence of yeah. Madonna and all the dancers and yeah. how phenomenal um, the show was. And mm -hmm. then to be able to see it later in the documentary, which yeah. I think is a real front runner to reality television did you have good seats uh we were in the pit we were like totally in like everybody was kind of like crowded in the on the floor at least mm -hmm. it was on the floor yeah but there was no seats there it's just like uh, tickets pit. were like what 50 bucks yeah probably huh. probably yeah probably 49 50 yeah this like new that. show is like they're like 700 dollars for yeah. the tickets it's crazy it's well it's 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 because she's doing such small venues it's beautiful though mm -hmm. you haven't seen it it's, i haven't seen it it's gorgeous it, she's it's not holograms but it's screens mm -hmm. so it makes it you know it comes up and it makes it look like she's actually like in a church oh wow or then she's like you know in a in a tunnel or yeah. whatever it's very neat actually oh, that's cool yeah that's really they cool. had some old music in there like but it was reworked to sound like mm -hmm. Like it fit with the new music, you know oh, what good. I mean? Yeah, it was very cool actually. That's exciting. It was exciting. She didn't come on until midnight, and mm -hmm. she was supposed to come on at like eight. Oh wow! Yeah, so there was it was like the third night of the show, so there was like some technical difficulties or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow! So and it was a what was it a no phone show? So oh, okay. you were forced to sit there and like you know be with your neighbor. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which was strange. Would they would they take they take your phones in the front? Yeah. Well, no, they don't actually take your phones. They put it in a, a pouch and oh, it locks. Oh yes. Yeah. And yes. And afterwards, you know, you go. Then it opens. Yeah. yeah. I work in a place. Sometimes they do that in. Um, certain comedy clubs they'll they'll take your phone and or you you put them in a bag it was actually a, a good thing yeah yeah i like that yeah i mean it, it it helps the performer for sure oh i'm sure and i think for her it's like to keep the images let's just keep them here you yeah. know instead of like oh, of course you know yeah. all the different iterations they would be and people like there. me that would re-photoshop it to something yeah. different <laughs> it was it was a little strange you're sitting there for four hours and you're like uh yeah, I don't not have, I don't have my phone. It's weird. I don't have a watch. Yeah, I don't have anything it's like, with what, me. what yeah. do you do? Yeah, so you're forced to, you know, look around and talk to people. Talk to people when they age. Before, remember, we used to not have phones, and we would have to like find out about stuff in the newspaper. Oh my gosh, we were just talking about that. I don't know, like a day ago, about how the rotary phones. Remember the rotary yes. phones? I would use. I would dial it with a pencil so that oh, I could right. save my nails. The secretary, Lily Tomlin. Yes. Yeah. Doing it with a pencil. Yes. And uh, it, it what's the what's the character's name with the with the switchboard? Uh, the ringy dingy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is her name? I forgot. I love. I was. Her. Th I think it's Edith Ann, but that, yeah, that's a little girl. Yeah, it is girl. Edith Ann. No, oh, Edith no, Ann was the little girl on the. Yeah, on Edith the Ann is a little girl yes. in the big chair. Lily's. I great. loved her when I was a little boy. That was so fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. That was like the definition of cool. You yeah, know? and all her characters. All her characters. All that she can do. Yeah, She's I was special. too young to understand it, but I remember being a little boy and watching her walk on that chair and thinking, "Oh, yeah, I want to be her." Oh yeah. Yeah, so or cool. sit with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the kid I want to play with. <laughs> she's a she's a lot of fun. Aren't you friends with her? Yeah. yeah. She's a lot of fun. Oh wait, I have the character here. 
Ernestine. Ernestine. Thank you. Yes. That's right. This is the, the telephone operator with a switchboard and very... That hairdo. Yeah. Very, like, victory curls. Yes. And very iconic. Actually, I think I saw a reboot of that recently, no? Oh, probably yes. at... Um, the Laugh-In event. I was mm. there. It was the big uh, yeah. Laugh-In event that they did where they were honoring Lily. It's 50 years of Laugh-In. Huh. A lot of 50 years of things this year. Oh, yeah, well, you I'm were 50. on that. Yes. yes. Laugh-In is 50. Yeah. Uh, Gay Pride is 50. Huh. Other stuff is 50, too, I'm sorry. <laughs> 50 Cent is 50. Yeah. <laughs> Viddy. Um, Viddy. It's all, I mean, yeah, all of the celebrities. What, what celebrity is the most fun for you to Photoshop in? Oh, Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah, Mariah Carey's a good one. Oh, my God, I love putting her in real, real situations. It's really funny because she's so dreamlike. Yes. Like, yes. she's such a diva. Diva, yes. And so dreamlike yeah. that there's n nothing about her that's ever ordinary. Yes. Like, nothing about her life that would ever touch the ground. Everything about her is so valuable. Yeah. Yes. And elevated. Yes. And some, there's something very, I mean. And People love it. They get a yeah. kick when I put it's, her just in real, like, you know. Because you just don't think of her as living a real life. No, you don't actually. At all. She seems very unattainable. It's in a different era of show business, though. Like now a lot of celebrities are, you know, kind of like, you know, they're accessible. Like celebrity nowadays is kind of everybody's doing something weird and rotten and gross and whatever. Yeah, that is the truth. But like with somebody like Mariah Carey, you just never even, you know, she never has to do the sort of like the dailiness of everyday life or whatever. <laughs> it's funny, man. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love I love the comments you get. People want to put me in jail. <laughs> or you should be dead. Oh. Or you're doing God's work. Yeah. That's the, the exact opposite, but it's so funny. Yeah. I love it when people say stuff like it's that. It's really great. Yeah. It's really great. You got to have like a show, like a, a museum show. Yeah, you I actually, I, I started kind of curating an idea there for that, you know. Mm -hmm. I bought a... Uh, press mm -hmm. a press so we're going to start making t-shirts oh i love it yeah yes. um and then i am in the process of making my website obviously yeah that's so great yes i love the um shirt that you made me that has tom cruise yeah. in the heels and he's like garter belt it's a garter belt and his face is so perfect oh he's beautiful he's in so that good picture. he's yeah. so good Tom Cruise is a good one because, again, it's like this artifice of celebrity that really rules that image. So when you flip the image and put it into something else, that's why it's yeah. so powerful. You know what was who was really funny who reposted my artwork was Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So funny. Uh, yeah, because you never, ever would think of him like that. Mm -hmm. And it made me actually like him so much yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. He really will laugh at something like, you know, about himself, too, yeah. which it is really funny. entertaining. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's it so cool. cool. It was really cool. It's really cool. And he looked beautiful, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. And it's so, it, but it's great when somebody has a sense of humor mm -hmm. and they can really see. I mean, that's what I, I love it when you do me. It's like so fun. You're my favorite. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. You are my favorite to do. Oh, you work thank in you. so many things. I, that's good. I, I, I have so many of you. It's unbelievable. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I post a lot of them in, in, on my Insta, which is so, it's so fun because it's like you always find like these situations that are so different. Like it's so <laughs> outrageous. It's really good. That hairdo one yeah. recently. Yeah. That's that a good was one. beautiful, actually. It's really beautiful. Yeah, that should really, be like a poster or yeah, something. Yeah, really dreamlike. Yeah. And really like actually just like this is real. I was surprised by that one too because mm -hmm. it was just like a two minute one mm -hmm. you know what i mean like some take you know several you know i have to come back to them yeah. you know what i mean but that one it was just like you know a couple minutes and i thought wow this is really actually yeah. really pretty it's art yes well thank you're an you. artist thank you now where can people see it like on the regular i love well you definitely on instagram so what is your ta tags on Instagram? Uh, at Ronald McDonkey. Well, thank you for joining me today. You were great. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Powered by ACAST.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.